Hey, this is Stephen, and I want to welcome you or welcome you back to the Grove Church Podcast. For more information or to find more resources like this one, be sure to visit us at grove.org. Thanks for listening, and I hope the following message is encouraging and meaningful to your life. Well, hey, good morning, and we are so glad that you are with us. We are in a sermon series called School of Rock, and this is week three. And for the last two weeks, we have been talking about these lessons that we learn from music that we think can be applied to and that actually translate and really kind of make a difference in the lives that we get to leave. And so uh, I've asked Michael to join me for a series of conversations that we've had all about the different lessons that we can gain from the world of music. You know, music is this large, encompassing thing that just has unbelievable impacts on our life, sometimes overtly and sometimes subtly, ways that we may may not even be aware of. You know, So for people like Michael and myself, music is of great importance and significance to our own lives. We love it, listen to it. I've always got something on in the house, whether I'm you know, kind of doing work or I'm you know, cooking or you know, doing chores, there's always something playing uh, because I find that it, it just affects my mood. Uh, it impacts just the way that I get to enjoy my life. Um, and so even if music isn't something that's super important to you, I think that there is uh, value in kind of unpacking some of the lessons that we can gain from music. And so, Michael, I appreciate you know your willingness to be a part of these conversations. You're obviously, at least in the dynamic of this relationship, you are clearly the music expert. You know, having kind of spent your whole life in music, and you know, going to music school in London, and now, you know, being a part of multiple bands, leading worship at the Grove, and you know, even running your own you know teaching studio. So, uh, since this is week three, what's our last and final? Uh, our last and final lesson. So, uh, so last, you know, last week we talked about owning your own voice. Yep. Uh, this week we're going to talk about stepping into the tension. Stepping into the tension. Yeah. Okay. Tension in music. That doesn't seem like there would be tension in music. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. And it's like it's one of those things that you don't, like we talked about in, in the first lesson with the scales, it's like these are things that you don't typically think of. Um, but, you know, sometimes when you ask the question of like, why does this song... Why do I like this song? Why does this song make me feel a certain way at the beginning? And then by the end of it, I've just kind of feel like I've gone through this journey, whether it's a happy journey or a sad journey or whatever. Yeah. Um, and when you start to answer those questions, that's where you see, like, there, there are dynamics that are happening. There's tension. I see. Yeah. Okay. So tension in music. So can you kind of give us an example of that or talk us through it or demonstrate? Yep. Perfect. Pulling out so, the guitar. Pulling out the guitar. My faithful friend. Um, so when we're, you know, most of the songs that we sing are, are there are basic chords that, that everybody starts off learning. Uh, you know, these are these building block of chords. You can't do anything without them. Um, and these, these are kind of like, you know, when you hear them, there's a very definitive sound to them. Okay. You know, this is, for example, kind of got this uplift kind of a feel. Yeah. And then I can do this. Oh. And then it just got darker. Yeah, right? sure. See, okay. these, those are the two main uh, sounding chords. You have a, kind of a happier one, more positive one, or a darker one, a little bit sadder. Okay. So now there's space in between. Um, for example, like if I take this chord and then I do this to it. There's a little bit of a color. There's a little bit of a tension there. Yeah, it's different. It's different. You know, if I do this. Right? You can kind of start, it's the same chord, but there's a different color to it and there's yeah. a trajectory there. Yeah. And so we can use this, the reason why these chords are, are used is to add color, to add texture, and to make you feel like you're going on a journey. Okay. Um, 
And it's also, it also allows that tension to serve as a gateway to a new section into a song. So, so what is the tension in those chords? Like how do you, where do we find the tension? So the tension is uh, in bringing in a note that's not a typical part of that building block of chords. Oh, so something that kind of sticks out yes. that you wouldn't expect or... Right. Know. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to describe it in a very ba basic way. Okay. Your major chord is it's like a sandwich. Yeah. Bread, meat, and bread. Okay. Very basic. That's how I okay. like my sandwiches. <laughs> Don't mess it up it's, with anything else. I mean, it'll, it'll fill you up. It'll fill you up, sure. right? But the flavor... It's pretty dry. I see. It's okay. pretty dry, right? No, no sauce, no uh, extra vegetables or anything. Right, right. Okay, so if I, if I said that chord right there, I just threw some cheese on that sandwich, right? Because it's different it, than the... Right, and this, it, so I went from this, just kind of like a, kind of yeah. like a softer edge to it. It's yeah. not sour or anything, it's yeah. just like a, if I do this to it, if I go... Whoa, okay, so this, that's a little bit more of a sour note. Not, not too yeah, sour. Yeah, you put a pickle on my it's sandwich. I don't I want love pickles. I don't like pickles no. on my sandwich. <laughs> Keep them off. <laughs> so, so you can make chords, you can stack a chord up. Yep. It's like building a sandwich, right? And it just depends on like kind of what flavor do you want? What picture do you want? So is that why some songs, if there's too much in the sandwich, we don't like it because yeah. it's like, I'm not that hungry. Too many they get notes, too many competing right? flavors or... Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so the great songs though know how to, when and where, okay. right? I, I like to term it as like uh, salt and pepper it, you know, okay. kind of like when and where. I use food a lot as an example because I love food. I'm, so. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah. So I'll play you something familiar here. If I play a progression like this, um, Pretty, it's nice, it sounds nice. And then I'm gonna go here. That's pretty basic. Okay, yep. That's pretty basic. But I wanna transition. I, I wanna find a story for these chords to go through because it's gonna take you through a journey. Okay. So if I do this. So we need more tension. I'm gonna go to that G chord. And then I'm gonna do this to it. And so you hear that kind of like, it kind of lifts you up yeah. and then brings you into it. Yeah. So this is landslide. Yeah. I took my love and I took it I don't know the lyrics, maybe yeah. you know the lyrics. Yeah. And then, it's, so when they go to- It's too high for me to sing, otherwise I would demonstrate for it. It's out of my range. So this is when she goes into the <laughs> next section. There it is again. So the song is really made up because of the places where tension enters into kind of the, the chords. Yes. Like it's the addition of the tension that makes the song beautiful. Right. I could I could I could play the basic chord yeah. and I could get the song across, but it's not taking you on that journey. There's that no sound. extra there's richness no, or there's no richness. And you would not think it that a chord that's not part of that basic building block, that if you throw in a chord that on its own 
doesn't really have a play. It doesn't sound like this. It's not like playing. That sounds very definitive. That sounds very like I'm here. But this right here sounds very tentative. It only, it, but it works because it serves to bring you into a chord, out of a chord, uh, right? Out okay. of a section, right? So I'll give you another example. Okay. Um, so I know you're a John Mayer fan. I am. So his song Gravity, right? Yep. Again, I'm really bad with lyrics, but you know, I'll still sing the melody. Right? So he's doing this, and then he goes into this other section. Right? He's doing very nice. These are very basic chords. And then he's going to hit this very interesting chord. Right? It doesn't sound like the other chords. No, there's it doesn't. A, there's a tension. It seems like it doesn't fit. And then he and then he goes. But then it's going to bring me back to. Right? So he's going. Uh, and then he goes. There's a little tension. I'm going back to. Yeah. You know? That's, no, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you know it you even in that example alone. I'm just sure. doing this with a guitar and a voice. Yeah. You can hear that trajectory. Yeah. Right. So I'll give you one more example. Awesome. Okay. So I've got a chord here, and if I do something, you know that doesn't sound. It does not sound like this. Again, that sounds very definitive. Mm -hmm. That's your bread and meat. Yeah. It's it's your, your sustenance, right? Yeah. But it's got no flavor. Right. That's kind of a flavor. That's an odd flavor. Even that. Okay. okay. Maybe if I go. That's, there you go, and that, that alone is giving you, okay, that got you going. I was ready, I was ready to, right? yeah. I was ready to get in a classic car and let my beard grow <laughs> and do all the things. Yeah, so that's just the beauty of it. And so finding when you wanna use, you can, you know, when you wanna inject that flavor into a song or not, uh, that tension serves to get you into a new arena. Um, the things that you, you know, you get a collection of notes that you're like, how is this going to work together? Yeah. It, it can open up a direction. So it moves you from one place to the next. The tension is what allows you to go from here to over here. Absolutely. It's the vehicle for growth. Absolutely. Or movement or... And most, most songs start off, they do not come to you complete. Most songs start off with, I've got this little chord progression. Where do I go from here? I mean, I like where this, I like, you know, and that's where these different kinds of chords. So you need the tension to come in to, to move to the next place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Got it. So that's where uh, understanding that tension is, is not necessarily a bad thing. Well, and I think that's interesting because I think that is the natural assumption. Mm -hmm. It's like we want to avoid tension. We tried to build our lives that make us like, um, that protect us from and that insulate us from like tension or challenge or adversity. You know, that's right. why everybody gets participation medals and all, of, and all of the things like that. And we try to nerf the whole world so that there's no sharp edges and life is easy. But yeah. at least as it applies to music I'm hearing, 
that, no. does, that doesn't work. No, and it, it also works with people like in a, in a band situation, oh, okay. right? And it, the first week that we started, when we started the series, we talked about you know myself and working in bands. What I learned to love is that, that I could bring an idea, a song or a melody or a riff, and I'm gonna introduce it to two or three other people mm -hmm. and ask for their input. And I automatically know this is gonna end up not sounding the way I thought it was, yeah. it's gonna end up coming out better. You know, it's gonna end up being stronger because there's tension. So-and-so might say, well, I don't yeah. really like that note, what about this note, you know, or, or what about this lyric change here? And that's where you're able to create something beautiful. Yeah. out of that group more because of the tension that it experienced right and i think when you're starting out in music you you're so protective of your own songs it's my song man you yeah, know, don't mess yeah, with yeah, it. yeah 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 it, that's but you know you've some of the great bands you know have always had to deal with the conflict of personalities and conflict sure but that's what yeah. bring it and so yeah i mean isn't that like the demise of all great bands is like the interpersonal conflict and like there's too much tension or the, 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 the right the irony is 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 that they that is what elevates them to greatness though it's both it's both right it's what yeah. elevates them to greatness yeah um and so you learn same thing happens in music you learn how to use it and you, you benefit from it yeah that's interesting because it reminds me um this idea of like you know pressing into tension reminds me of this you know idea that i've kind of been thinking a lot about especially as we find our ourselves in this kind of covid world is this idea of like uh fragile and anti-fragile so this idea of anti-fragility has been introduced by you know hedge fund manager and mathematician and author dr you know nasim taleb and he talks about how the goal isn't to not be fragile the goal isn't to be resilient to be able to survive the adversity um but the goal is to be anti-fragile. Anti so, so let me unpack the differences between the three. Something that's fragile, when it experiences adversity, it, it suffers, it suffers harm, it diminishes, it breaks, it falls apart, right. like it experiences a setback. And so that's a fragile system. Yep. So you can see this in our world, you know, in the way that, you know, things have shut down or, you know, you know, professional sports, you know, these seem to be fragile systems because they experienced a certain amount of diversity and they weren't able to sustain it. Yeah. Then you have resilient or robust systems, and they don't adapt or change, but they weather the adversity. Mm -hmm. and, and he says that's fine. You know, Nassim says that's fine, but that's actually not what we want. We actually want to be in a place uh, where we're anti-fragile, in a place of anti-fragility, that we actually get stronger in the experience of, and, and you know, as we come into contact and conflict with like this tension. Right. So a great example of an anti-fragile system would kind of be the, the human immune system. So the human immune system uh, actually thrives on and becomes stronger and more capable when it experiences um, adversity challenges. So, you know, when your kids drop, you know, their pacifier on the floor and it lands and it's like, oh, that's got hair on it. And then they put it back in their mouth before you can get to it. You know, it's okay because that actually helps them develop a, a stronger and more robust, you know, more impervious immune system. So it actually... It's a system that loves adversity and that needs adversity to become bigger and better. Well, you could you could say the same thing for working out, right? It's like working out. You're introducing exactly. small tears into your muscle, exactly, and it's they're not. It's the the the, the exposure isn't a huge exposure right. to that tension, but you do need that tension. You need it's that. It's the only way to grow. Right. Yeah. They will not grow without it. Right. Yeah. And so I think the danger comes when we take anti-fragile things 
and treat them as fragile things. So a classic example of this happened in the 80s and 90s with kids' peanut allergies. And so what happened is they recognized that there were some kids in the class, you know, let's say one out of every 1,000 kids who had a peanut allergy. Well, to protect that kid, let's remove all peanuts and all peanut products from the school system. Well, you know, you do this, and you think that you're helping the kid, you know, and kids like that become stronger, more capable, but actually their immune system needs and their, you know, um, their, their allergy systems need that, that adversity and that challenge right. to learn how to develop, you know, um, antibodies and all the things around it. Yeah. And so you fast forward a decade later, and now instead of one out of every thousand, it was like 17 out of every thousand kids had peanut allergies. Oh, well, we just have to double down our efforts to protect the kids from peanuts. Yeah. Well, you do that even more, and failing to recognize an anti-fragile system and treating it as a fragile system, you get to the place where now you have, you know, you know, 90 out of every thousand kids have peanut allergies, and on right. and on it'll go until right. we begin to recognize. And again, I'm not a doctor, and don't play one on TV. So take that for a grain of salt, but it is a study that I read. For sure. And, and, but it, I think it serves to illustrate the whole point that, that there are things that actually work best when you recognize that they're anti-fragile in nature. Oh, absolutely, and I think that in the music, back to the musical realm, you know, when you critique someone's song or playing, you know, when you get into a songwriting session, right? Initially, there can be a hesitance to say, well, I don't want, this is something that this person wrote. I, you know, I don't want to say anything. Right. But it's like, no, like, you get better this way. Yeah. You you absolutely get better by saying, you know what, I don't, I don't, I don't know about this. And then they push back a little bit, right? Yeah. And you kind of have yes. that, that back and forth, and there, and then out of that, something new can be born. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah. And we even see, you know, as evidence in Scripture. You know, so I think sometimes as people of faith or people who are struggling to navigate and unpacking and learning and growing about their faith, we are uh, resistant and hesitant to difficult circumstances in life. One, because they're not any fun, and two, like because it hurts. Yeah. But I think actually our faith and our belief system can be and should be an anti-fragile system as well. You know, so the assumption is, you know, the problem comes when we treat an anti-fragile system as a fragile system. Mm -hmm. And I think our faith works best when we allow it to experience challenges and adversity. When we experience those same challenges and adversity in our own life, it actually can lead to the production of, it can create new things that right. weren't there before. So right. perfect example of this is in uh, Paul's letter to the Romans. So here's what's so cool about what Paul says. It's not what Paul, I mean, partly it's what Paul says, but it's almost the kind of prophetic nature of what Paul wrote and when Paul wrote it and who Paul wrote it to. So Paul wrote um, this passage to the Romans probably somewhere around 64, 67 AD. Okay. Now, Emperor Nero was three years into uh, being emperor of all of the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. Now at the time, the people in the church at Rome were experiencing a relative amount of peace. But in less than two decades from when Paul wrote this and sent this letter to the Romans, Emperor Nero would blame the Christians for the great fire of Rome. And it, be, it, it led to this massive persecution and this massive, you know, kind of... Um, kind of torturing and killing of Christians in Rome and in the Roman Empire. It's just, right. you know, significant event in, you know, the story of Christianity. And 
I mean, just a mere few years before all of this adversity and challenge and difficulty happens. Paul writes these words, not knowing what would come, but, you know, maybe God inspiring him could foresee what would happen. So this is out of Romans 5. This is what Paul writes. Let us boast in our sufferings. Let us be confident in, let us brag about, let us be glad for, let us boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance, it produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not fail us. Hope does not disappoint us. Hope does not leave us holding the bag. It's because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. So this whole idea is that, you know, as as Christians and as people of faith, we shouldn't run from difficulty. We shouldn't run from challenge. We shouldn't run from adversity. It's because in the experience of those things, in the experience of the tension, it actually produces something in us that we could possibly never get to or acquire on our own. So our sufferings, the tension that we experience, the adversity that we experience, our suffering, it leads to endurance. Our endurance over time produces character, a character that we wouldn't have without the suffering, a suffering that we wouldn't have without the adversity. And that character develops hope. I think right now is the perfect example of this in action. You know, I mean, not that it's been easy by any stretch of the imagination, but we have all experienced tremendous adversity throughout, you know, this entire COVID crisis. And our adversity probably looks different for every person. Some people, it's been small amounts of adversity. Some people, it's been, probably been huge amounts of adversity, you know, loss of loved ones and, you know, loss of jobs and all different types of setbacks and obstacles and adversity that we've had to navigate. But it's not for naught. It's not like God is mean and malicious and just wants to hurt us, that he doesn't care about us and is ignoring us while all these bad things happen. But it's the recognition that not that God causes suffering to happen and God causes adversity, but God can work through it in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's tough sometimes because you fight with your, your own nature. Your, our own nature is, is to avoid this stuff, like you said before, right? And as a parent, you know, you, you want to, you know, you always hear parents say, like, I want my kids to have what I didn't have or, or not to have what I had in terms right. of, and then what they mean usually is like maybe some of the conflicts, some of the struggles, right? Yeah. That's the hard part of, of living now is that a lot of times we set up our lives to be foolproofed, protected from this kind of attention, you know, and, and whether it be from, you know, circumstances or people, yeah. you know, the conversations that we have. Yeah, or, we want to protect from adversity. Right. We want to treat people and things in our life as fragile. Right. And it's not. It's anti-fragile. But you know what's amazing? The amazing thing is, is that if you, if you sit down and you have a conversation with someone yeah. uh, where you know that there's going to be tension, you know, you, you recognize quickly if it's an unhealthy tension. But if you know that there's a healthy tension there, yeah. it's amazing that without exception, you walk away from that conversation, you walk away from that interaction with a new sense, with a, a renewed perception either of that person yeah. or of the issue between you yeah. or, or, or whatever the tower, if it's with coworkers, right? Yeah. You enter into that faithfully. Like, you know, okay, I know what's going to happen here. I know yeah. we don't see eye to eye. Right. I know, uh, you know, they have their idea. I have mine. Yeah. Um, 
you always walk away from that with a renewed sense, with a, a new perception. Of yeah, you've gained something in a relationship. Maybe you've drawn closer. You've gained more understanding, you know, better relationship. I mean, I think that's why, you know, we've been stressing for a while now the importance of hard conversations. Yep. Because it's by pressing into that tension, by pressing into those uncomfortable places, you know, that adversity, yeah. that it begins to produce these things that you would never be able to access or get to right. on your own. I mean, we, we've had this conversation. Absolutely. Right? I mean, like, That's... we've had some conversations that, like, it, on the, on the fore end and the front side of the conversation, you're like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this. Yeah. But on the back end, yes. you're like, I'm really glad we had these conversations. Absolutely. Like, that we were able to, you know, share how we feel and navigate the tension and the adversity and the uncomfortable moments of the conversations right. to a better, a better, more comfortable. Right. And, and I think that to, to take this personal example just a little bit further, is, is that, I, and I think that you'll agree with me when I say this, is that when we've walked away, we're grateful, I'm grateful that it's not like two Michaels here trying to figure this problem out. Sure. Or that there's two Stevens here trying to figure Thank this problem God. out. Thank God. Thank right? God. <laughs> One's it, enough. <laughs> so, Ugh. you know, and then, you know, it, it's, you're so grateful for that yeah. because you're able to see something new that's made out of, out of the tension. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it really can be powerful. I mean, and, and I love that the language that, that Paul uses when he talks about it. He's like, you know, when you experience it, it leads to suffering. And the suffering, you know, produces perseverance and then character and then mm -hmm. hope. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that hope is rooted in, like, the recognition that God is at work in our life, that we can be recipients and experience His love and that, you know, the presence of adversity doesn't necessitate or, you know, determine the absence of God. And, and so... Right. So it's, it's a cool thing. So I guess my hope for everybody is, you know, we kind of wrap up this final conversation, is that these lessons that we've shared from music would be lessons that you can take and apply to your life, that you would be able to recognize that in the moments of adversity, when it might be most difficult uh, to receive them as unexpected blessings, unexpected opportunities to move into a new place. And it will likely be a place that you can't foresee at the beginning. You won't see what life will be able to look like on the other side of this. You know, I know we've all experienced that over these last several months. It's like we don't really know what's on the other side, and we're not really sure if it's going to be better. But you know, if, if time and history has been any indication, if the world of music is any indication, these places of adversity and challenge um, often give way to new life and you know to development and growth in beautiful ways. That we are not fragile, and the goal is to not protect ourselves from anything bad and difficult and hard, uh, but that we can be anti-fragile, that we have a God who's created us and developed us as anti-fragile, knowing that, um, that we can, you know, make our way through and become stronger for those things that we experience in our life. So that'd be my prayer, that we could apply this lesson to our life and that we could trust in our own ability to grow and develop when we experience adversity. So let me close this out. Let me pray for our time together. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this conversation and for our ability to learn more about you in the way that you've created us. God, we are grateful that your love is always with us, that even in the midst of challenges and adversity and difficulty, that you are at work in our life, using those things to develop us, to grow us, to help us, to become more uh, of the people that you've called us to be, to live more fully into the example of your son, Jesus. God, it's in his name we pray all these things. Amen. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you live in the Dallas area, we would love for you to visit us. For directions, service times, and more info, 
visit us at grove.org.